landslide victory. Game. Blouses. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. But it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I tell you, it just doesn't matter. 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 It's uh, it, it just doesn't matter. I mean, I you know, I, I mean, everybody's got to have something to talk about. Everybody's got to have something to write about. That's what makes the world go round. That's what makes it fun. Well, Dick, here's the deal. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I think it's excellence, and nobody can hang with my stuff. Uh, you know, I'm just a just a big, hairy American winning machine. If you ain't first, you're last. And now, Brad Sinkiff and John Hite with the press box on the roar. Welcome to the Press Box. Brad Singham here with John Hyde broadcasting live on this Monday, January 29, 2024 from the Old Country Fiber Studios. You're listening to The Roar, 105.5, The recapping the weekend on a Monday and what a weekend it was. Clemson recruiting, Clemson basketball, loses a heartbreaker at Duke. NFC, AFC Championship games. It's going to be a busy one, and we want you to get in. 654-ROAR on the phone lines and on the Adams & Co. roofing text line. Good morning, John. How are you? How was the weekend? Doing well, Brad. Weekend was good. How was yours? It was good. A little wet on Saturday, but uh, yesterday was back to January. (laughs) Breezy, cold, and sunny. Uh, I guess that's... I don't know. What's, What's better, breezy, cold, and sunny, or 68 and rainy? Uh, breezy, cold, and sunny. Okay. All right. I'd rather be dry. Yeah, I think so, too. I'm tired of my yard looking like a mud pit. Yeah, but it's also... N- neither one are all that pleasant. Let's just get through this month. Well, we got we got just a couple days left. Let's just figure out a way to make it through. It's the longest month ever. Been well, in January since since January 1st, John. I'm tired of it, okay? Yes, that is, that is accurate. <laughs> You've been in January all year, and it's... It's time to move on. It's already been four weeks, okay? And it's not over yet. I served my four weeks. Not even close, sir. Not even close. You have plenty more time to serve here. Oh, I'm tired of this month. I'm ready to get to February and on to to better months ahead. Better weather ahead, we hope. Not great weather for some yesterday uh, in the Baltimore-Kansas City game. Uh, Things were not good for the Lions, even though the weather was fine in... Santa Clara yesterday. Uh, those those are two games we'll break down in, in depth. Uh, do you want to go best or worst thing you saw this weekend? Because I think both are on the table for today's show. Both are certainly on the table for today's show, and we will discuss both, I'm sure, at great lengths. Um, man, I don't know where even where to start. The best thing I saw this weekend might be Clemson's offensive line recruiting. I'm going to go one step further with that. Okay. 
was the video, the commitment videos of both Jalen Buckley and Braden uh, Jacobs. Brandon Jacobs, the uh, both the tackles there. Yeah. The videos where Jacobs committed at the dinner Saturday night, and then you can see Beckley's video where the team meeting had ended. Coach Sweeney asked, anybody have any questions? Beckley stands up, yeah, can I just commit? So that was pretty cool to see. <laughs> yeah, it was a uh, successful junior day this weekend for the Clemson Tigers. Would you label it that? Oh, yeah, I mean, it was successful before it started when you got the commitment of Ari Wofford, one of the top pass rushers in the country before the weekend even got going, and then to come out of it with two very big offensive line acquisitions that pretty much every team in the country wanted these guys, I think it's just a massive start. And just look at where this class is right now. The momentum they have, they're the number three class in the country. Clemson's doing some work on the recruiting trail right now. Yeah, I think the Matt Luke effect was really felt this weekend because you're right, the the guys that they picked up, and I, I don't get caught up in necessarily the stars and the ratings and whatnot, but you look at who offered both of those linemen who committed to the Tigers, and it's a who's who in, in college football. I mean, they had offers. I mean, Jacobs alone had, what, 27 offers? and Yeah. I mean, everybody's on this. Georgia, LSU, Ohio State, uh, Florida State, uh, you, you name it. And, and he commits to the Tigers. And I think that you've seen now, at least gotten a glimpse of what what Matt Luke wants to do. John, describe these two human beings from a physical standpoint. What do they look like? They're large. Like, how large are we talking? Uh, I believe Jacobs is 6'7", 310. <laughs> and Beckley's like 6'5", oh. 305. So they're very large. Very large men, yes. Tackles? Yes. Jacobs is definitely, definitely a, a tackle. tackle. Um, I think Beckley could probably play both. Probably, maybe, maybe. There's some versatility there between some guard and tackle. Yeah, it's hard to say right. I may be a little early to project exactly where he ends up. But, yeah, from that standpoint, could he play tackle? Yes. Yes. And I think that is something where he has been recruited as as a tackle. What's the hardest position in football to recruit? Tackle. That That's my opinion. Left, left tackle, to I, me. it's. I, I think right tackle is a little bit easier. Depends on your scheme and what you're trying to run. Now, obviously, I think maybe the most difficult thing would be if you had a left-handed quarterback trying to get the the pass, you know, the what you want on the left side, guy playing on the right may be probably one of the more difficult things to find, but these are quality, quality linemen that this is why you hired Matt Luke was to go out and get into the recruiting battles and to win the services of guys like these. These are the first two that he's landed, correct? Because the, the third... Uh, of his line commit happened in November of last year. Well, for this class, he did land, um, you know, granted now Thomas Austin did most of the work, but, you know, the young man who flipped from Duke, drawing a blank on his name, I think short, short right now, he landed him. He was able to get um, officially Elijah Thurman across the finish line. But, yes, this is these this are This is the his first, first ones that he started and completed, basically. Well, I mean, maybe nah, he didn't start, not started but... because Thomas Austin did lay a lot of groundwork on these guys. And I don't want to make sure, I don't want him to get lost in all of this. That he did a lot of really big work, especially with Jacobs getting him on campus as many times as he did. Yeah, he was here for all three days at the Dabo Sweeney camp last summer. That's a reflection on Thomas Austin. So well, I do want to give him some credit. But Matt Luke was the reason this was closed this early. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think it's, it's a little bit of a surprise. Yes, I did not expect any commitments coming out of the weekend. I think Braden Jacobs wanted to kind of get it over with. I think there were some signs that he was sort of nearing nearing a close to his 
his commitments. But, yeah, I, I would say both are a little bit of a surprise. And uh, I don't think Clemson's done. I don't think Clemson's done. I think they're still looking for at least two more, and I think they would take three total. Yes, I agree with you. Uh, Brad, we just got a picture on the Adams & Co. roofing text line to put into perspective just how large Jacobs is yeah. as an individual. He's standing next to Dexter Lawrence. Uh, Clemson spring game, I believe, last year. Yeah, he's noticeably like three inches taller than Dexter Lawrence. Man. Why is he so tall? His daddy wasn't that tall. He's a pretty big running back. Brandon Jacobs was no, I mean, 6'7 is a different level. Oh, yeah, of, no, he wasn't height. toting the rock at 6'7. <laughs> he never would have played a running back at 6'7. No, but I mean, he. I mean, he was. He was a big back. I mean, he was, he was toting yeah, 240. Yeah, I was going to say, he, he was closer to three bills than about any running back out there in the NFL. He was right not named now. Jerome Bettis back then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, he was he was a very square man running through a hole. <laughs> if if you don't remember Brandon Jacobs' career, but I don't know, it just seems like he really he really got the uh, the growth gene. Yeah, he really did. In the uh, in the height gene in the family, uh, very large. But you know, it's funny when when I look at these two guys, I you know remember a line that uh, I heard on the Mickey Plyla show for a long time when I was doing it with Mickey that Danny Pearman always talked about. When you're recruiting linemen out of high school, you're either going for swimmers or sumo wrestlers, and you got to try to meet them in the middle. These guys, you don't really have to do a lot of that. There's not a lot of physical reshaping that these young men are going to have to undergo when they get to campus in a year. Okay. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. Uh, it's going to be fascinating to continue to watch what uh, Matt Luke is doing and and could do the potential uh, that he has. I, I just think there's. I, I think you you don't just bring Matt Luke in. Because he's a name, you bring Matt Lugan because he's a mentality, and I think that might end up being when it's all said. We look back on this a couple of years from now and just say, "Boy, that he he reshaped the way that Clemson was thinking." And I, I think that's what you need more than anything. You need someone who is not maybe not a disruptor, but sort of just changes the the way that you go about things a little bit, no, a little bit, not not full philosophy, but adds a, a different flavor to the staff. Definitely. I also think he is he is someone that, you know, you talk about the negative recruiting that happens to Clemson out there on the trail with the offensive line. I agree that you don't hire him strictly for the name, but that is someone who he immediately comes in and gives you credibility on the trail with guys that you just, and it's not a, a slight on Thomas Austin or Robbie Caldwell even. Matt Luke just can get into different living rooms than you weren't able to get into before. Yeah. Yeah. I'm talking about recruiting. Yeah. This is the this is recruiting season here. This is, what we're, this is what we're discussing. Like, to your point, I don't think, yes, Matt Luke was brought in to shore up Clemson's offensive line for the 24 season. But Matt Luke was brought in to rebuild, restock the cupboard for 25, 26, and 27. Yeah. Well, I think he's also brought in to change the narrative. The narrative, that, and it's, it's a fair narrative. We have, we have to do this all the time. Is the narrative real or is it just a narrative? Clemson does not put guys in the NFL from the no. offensive line standpoint. They simply don't. Well, granted, in the four games yesterday in Conference Championship Sunday, you did have a starter in the Baltimore Ravens <laughs> offensive line playing in John Simpson. I know, but they're, they don't have, there's not a high success. No, rate. there's not. There's not much of a history there. There isn't. That's one of the reasons you bring in Matt Luke, who does have a history of putting guys in the NFL. Because you didn't have that 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 recruiting pitch, you didn't own, and I think that was that was problematic. Absolutely, there's, you, and there's nothing you can do to combat it other than just put guys in the league. But this is someone 
who can come in and get these guys to the league. Yeah, he has the resume to do that. So, so from a recruiting standpoint, you're seeing some of the benefits already from the addition of Matt Luke to the staff, and I think it will be a continuation as they go through this thing. I think he really is bringing a different mindset and mentality to the recruiting landscape over at Clemson. And, you know, Chris Rupp doing some work, too, as they're, uh, they've, you, you mentioned Watford, but they're, they're not done there either. No, not even close. I mean, it's crazy to think that you hired these guys less than two months ago, and you were already seeing dividends being paid here. Yep. I, Just I, in the recruiting trail. Yeah, I, I think by and large, from what came out of Junior Day, uh, I think it was success. They landed a lot of official visits coming this summer from these guys, which we talked about the other day. That's kind of what you're trying to do. Yeah, if, if you get a commitment, that's awesome. Like you, like that's sort of the icing on, on the cake. But you want to make sure some of the biggest names enjoy themselves and say, I want to come back here and experience it this summer. And that's when you really try to nail them. Absolutely. You laid a lot of groundwork for the rest of this year. I didn't expect any commits coming out of this weekend, especially once you saw Wofford commit before the weekend even started. I figured, oh, that's probably going to be it. But I hope that you laid your a really good foundation to get these guys in for a spring practice, maybe the spring game, and then you hope to bring as much of these guys back for that first weekend in June for the big official visit weekend. It's January the 29th. How good on a scale of 1 to 10 do you feel about the current 2025 recruiting class for the Clemson Tigers on a one to ten scale, yeah, nine and a half. That's extremely high. <laughs> I mean, that's about as high as you can. Well, I get. mean, think about what. What are the main things we've talked about that Clemson had to go out and get in recruiting? They re- needed to reinforce both lines of scrimmage. That was one of the big things with this class. There's a lot of guys coming off the the roster next year. Yes, and you're already seeing it line up. You've got the two tackles already. You got three offensive linemen already in the fold. You've got the number one and depending on the service, the number one pass rusher in the country. Yeah. It's very early. It's too early to shape what's going to be, you know, the final product by any sure. stretch. But Clemson is third right now in the 24-7 sports team rankings. If you're into those things. Eight four-stars now come in. Again, Clemson's not done. Nobody's done. It's it, There's a lot of work to put in. But I think right now, as of January 29th, it's shaping up to be a pretty good class at this stage. 654-ROAR, you want to get in with us. We'll discuss the NFC-AFC championship games, break those down, plus Clemson basketball. Oh, that was brutal on Saturday. We'll hit that on the other side. Don't go anywhere. This is Herb Tyler. I want to make sure that you download the Chick-fil-A app before attending the 2024 Chick-fil-A recruiting wrap-up hosted by Fort Hill Clemson Club. Create an account, make sure your phone's location service is on so you have a precise location turned on for the app. We have a fun location-based giveaway planned only for attendees, so don't miss out on this. And never miss out on getting rewarded by mobile ordering on the Chick-fil-A app when you visit Chick-fil-A of Clemson or Chick-fil-A of Seneca. Criminal charges are serious with life-changing consequences for you and your family. Let us help you navigate this process. Let us be your advocate at Ryan Beasley Law. I'm Ryan Beasley. Our law firm works in courtrooms across the state at all levels municipal, state, and federal. We also work with students who face conduct issues at their colleges and universities. We work with our clients throughout this process from pre-arrest investigations to intervention programs as well as criminal trials. With over 20 years assisting clients, 
Our firm has grown to include former state and federal prosecutors. Let us put this experience to work for you. If you are facing an investigation or criminal prosecution, please do not hesitate to contact us. Let us seek the best resolution for you. I'm Ryan Beasley, and I look forward to the opportunity to work with you. Ryan Beasley Law. Find them online at ryanbeasleylaw.com or call 864-679-7777. Ryan Beasley Law. This new year, make a resolution that truly counts. Prioritize your gut health with Gastroenterology Associates. Start the year off right by taking care of your digestive well-being. Our expert team is here to guide you on the path to a healthier, happier you. From screening colonoscopies to personalized care plans, Gastroenterology Associates is your partner in digestive health, conveniently located in Patrick Square. Visit gastroassociates.com and step into the new year with a healthier, happier you. Hey guys, it's time to reclaim that alpha feeling. If you've been feeling sluggish, carrying extra weight, or missing a step in the bedroom, it's time for a change. Book an appointment today at Low Country Mail. Our concierge testosterone replacement therapy plans start at just $220 a month, covering testosterone, labs, medication, and doctor visits. We also offer growth hormone replacement and top-notch anti-aging plans. Let's make men men again. Book today at lowcountrymail.com. Clemson Nation, this is former national champion Ben Boyer. If you live in Anderson, Greenville, Clemson, or Malden, South Carolina, and you're looking for the best birthday suit in town, come get tailored at www.thejunkyardfitness.com. Come by and see us at our four locations in the upstate of South Carolina. Your first week is always free. At Upcountry Fiber. They believe in keeping you connected. Did you know that nearly 50 million households in the U.S. qualify for a discount of up to $30 per month on their broadband service through the Affordable Connectivity Program? That's nearly 40% of the country, and it might include you. Visit upcountryfiber.com forward slash ACP or call 888-760-2111 to learn about the Affordable Connectivity Program at Upcountry Fiber. We're here for you. East Main Furniture in Easley, where every day is a sale day. Come find deals on living room, bedroom, dining room, lamps, rugs, mattresses, and occasional furniture. Brands like Lazy Boy, England, Best, Ashley, Catnapper, Liberty Furniture, and Von Bassett. All at discounted prices. If they don't stock it, they can special order it for you. Now offering up to 12 months. Same as cash on purchases over $300. East Main Furniture located at 829 East Main Street, Easley. Or call 864-442-6054 today. Royal Flush Toilet Rentals. If you want to potty like a rock star, you can with us. At Royal Flush Toilet Rentals, we offer construction porta potty rentals, septic tank pumping, and luxury toilet trailers. Call 864-238-8800. We have two-stall, three-stall, and four-stall trailers for your corporate events, wedding parties, and special occasions. Call 864-238-8800. Royal Flush Toilet Rentals. Hey, it's Boost Mobile here with a great deal to keep you connected. Now when you switch to Boost, you get four lines for 100 bucks, plus four free 5G smartphones like the Galaxy A15 or the Moto G Stylus 5G. We're here to bring you the best phones on America's largest 5G networks so you can get after it. Switching is easy. Just head to your local Boost Mobile store. That's four lines and four phones for $100, only at a Boost Mobile near you. Requires port and auto pay and ID verification. Available in select markets only. Other restrictions apply. See participating stores for details. 
Broadcasting live from the Upcountry Fiber Studios, this is 105.5 and 97.5 The Roar. Upcountry Fiber is a stronger connection. What teams and situations concern you in sports? Yeah, yeah, I, I am concerned. You know, I'm concerned, but, you know, we didn't get it done tonight, um, and that's my level of concern. It Tune in Wednesday on the Press Box to see if your problems make the concern-o-meter. Weekdays from 9 until noon, right here on The Roar, where every day is game day. We're back here live on the roar of the press box with Brad and Jonathan for joining us today. What's the best thing you saw this weekend? Not going to get a lot of Chiefs votes as I throw that out there. Probably not, I would assume. Most of our listening audience, not big fans of Kansas City. Uh, probably not going to get much for the 49ers. Not a lot of big 49ers fans out there either. And we get a very familiar feel coming up for the Super Bowl on February 11th in Las Vegas, Nevada. Before we go and break down the championship games... Are you 1-10 to 10 excitement level of this Super Bowl matchup as we are just about two weeks out from the game? Five. It's mid right now. Very midfield. Do you, do you leave room for that to move? Yeah, I do. But also, I, I can't stand having a whole extra week in between. Like I understand the benefits and the, the reason for it. I just don't like it. It just throws off the momentum of, of football. You, you just know? want football this Sunday. I do, and so now I have to sit back and uh, wait. Uh, but, I mean, the, the matchup itself, I, the teams themselves, no. I, I'm not excited about it. That's like a two. But the some of the individual matchups and Spagnola versus Shanahan and, you know, just how Mahomes is going to, you know, what kind of pressure can Bosa get on Mahomes? I mean, stuff like that, yeah, I'm excited about you know, football I'm, reasons. Very curious to see how, like Joe Tooney, I think is one of the biggest storylines between now and the start of the Super Bowl, the Kansas City Chiefs left guard. Uh, yeah. Missed yesterday's game with a, I think he has like a tear in his pec muscle or something. Just sounds very painful. It does. But I thought his replacement was fantastic yesterday. Yeah, the uh, the lines were the difference, and not the lions. The lines were the difference. Oh, lions were a difference. And, and, yeah. <laughs> they were different, that's for sure. We'll get to that. Uh, but I I do think that this was um, a Super Bowl that many many could probably see coming, and I'm not even being a conspiracy theorist on that. We'll work our way there. I want to go through all the both of the championship games uh, coming up here uh, very shortly. Clemson Tigers took a difficult, gut-wrenching, and just hard-to-stomach kind of loss on the road at Durham. Stop me if you've heard that before, John. Clemson goes to the back of the road, comes back with a close loss, and probably should be on the other side of that feeling right now for the Tigers. 72-71. Tyrese Proctor gets fouled uh, very late in this game with about one second left on the clock, uh, down one, and he goes to the free throw line and sinks both. And the Tigers unable to do anything on the other end with one, which you're not going to get a shot off with one second full court. Uh, but still, a, a very difficult loss. Uh, one that uh, will be remembered, I think, for the officiating, 
first and foremost, it was it was tough. Uh, there were some very egregious calls. Was it the worst game I've ever seen officiated? Probably not, because I watch a lot of ACC basketball, and I have seen worse. But did did so much go against one team seemingly late in the game? Well, really throughout the game, if you want to count the uh, first half technical foul, that was the worst technical foul I've ever seen. Let me be clear on that one. I, I I've never seen, and this is this is coming from someone who actually I, I got a couple of technical fouls in my playing days. Uh, You've been I, teed up once or twice. I, I I thought neither were justified. Well, I take that back. One was justified and earned, and one wasn't. This one should not in any way should even been called. Just I, shouldn't have. I am still almost in kind of a state of shock that they actually called it. Ball goes through the basket. Jack Clark runs up, gets the rebound, and just sort of kind of flips the ball to the guy who's inches away from him. He handed it to him. Yeah, he just kind of hands. He he didn't. He didn't extend the arm, and the arms, it was like, you know, he sort of alligator-armed it. He didn't extend the arms and shove the ball in the guy's chest or anything like that. Just kind of laid it off to the guy, and the ref felt like he was excessive in his handing off of the basketball. I think part of my frustration with the officiating in this game was that it was one official who just kept making all the calls. And that was Brad Brownell's point. That's what he was upset about. And that's why the team was upset. You, you don't see players having to be drug off the court because they're going after the official very often. And that's not a great look. But that official is, is one they have had trouble with in the past. And I think they they were very frustrated uh, in terms of that. But Clemson, it was like Clemson didn't have opportunities. They're up four with two minutes to go. They turned the ball over, what, four times after that. Uh, one of them was incredibly bad. The you know the pass by Chef one that gets intercepted and turns into a easy bucket on the other end. That was the backbreaker turnover. Uh, there was a throw in to PJ Hall. You know you might could argue that that was a should have been a foul on Mark Mitchell. Uh, I mean he's kind of on his hip. He's got his hand on his back. That's an iffy call for me. The pass just wasn't good. The pass didn't didn't lead to a should have called kind of play. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying. Because like if you're supposed to, from technical sound standpoint, you're supposed to bounce past that thing in there. Because you throw it up like that, you do allow the guy who's got the massive wingspan to come in and knock it free. You're supposed to bounce past that in. And if you bounce past it in, he has to come down to the ball, which could result in a foul. That's just fundamentally... They were a little off on that one. So that that was a rough play that the, the Tigers could have affected better, for sure. Yeah. And then the the pat, the interception that led to the easy bucket on the other end was certainly another one. Uh, but Clemson had their chances, and they, they went up 71-70. to 70. All that being said, with seven seconds left, P.J. Hall gets the final foul on Filipowski, fouls him out, and goes to the line and sinks. Two free throws to give the Tigers a one-point advantage. And Proctor comes down and gets a call. Gave the old head, the old head I mean, move and everything. The, the whole play call was just go get in the paint and sell it. <laughs> the, go go full Duke and go flop around in the paint and get the call. That was the play. Is that head, that throwback head thing, is that technically a flop? Yes. Yeah, it, it, it feels that way. When your head's not being touched, but you're leading with your forearm into somebody else, but you're going to act like you're... T- yeah. I'm going to cut my mic off. 
John John's not responsible enough to uh, have that conversation right now. He's still stinging. I'm still just so heated about the, that. You see how I felt uh, after I couldn't I couldn't talk about Auburn and, and Alabama for for months. Still, yeah, can't but talk my about fandom it. is real. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm still mad about that play, but uh, regardless, that play was affected by officiating, the one you're discussing, and I just. I just think a lot of times that is not called in most If If anything, if you want to get a foul call, it probably happened before the shot. Like when he made the little jump stop move, you know, Beto kind of like bodied him up a little bit. A little bit. Like, But but that, that almost universally goes uncalled in that situation. Unless like, unless the contact results in him falling down, they're, they're not going to call that. And then the shot where he just sort of, Throws the head up and just kind of wildly throws his his arm like towards the defender, and especially when we've seen just you know moments prior when PJ Hall is just getting physically abused <laughs> down in the paint. <laughs> yeah, I I have to agree with Brad Brownell on and I and I, I I've, I've noticed this for a while. This is not new, but the PJ Hall's not getting officiated like others get officiated. In fact, I want to pose this question to Tar Heel Chad, who's on hold right now. Would Armando Baycott have gotten treated the way that P.J. Hall did at Cameron Indoor on Saturday? Hey, Tar Heel Chad, how are you? Brad, um, I was pulling for your Tigers uh, big time Saturday. Um, I don't think they've got the... Obviously, the call is what cost Clemson the game by any stretch. I do question, though, uh, you know, you were mentioning Hall. Um, yeah, I thought Filipowski, although they did file him out late, I thought it could have been much earlier. Um, there was two really specific calls that I thought, I mean, one Hall got hit across the face and they either totally missed or just didn't want to call it. Um I don't know. I'll I mean, maybe be a Baycock probably. Yeah, Baycock would probably got it. But I, I just thought Clemson. Um, I was just I in an experienced team. The way they, to be honest with you, they they just rattled, got rattled. They had the ball twice with a four point lead and didn't get a shot off. No free throws, no anything. I thought that to me was the disappointing. The last call, I. To me, it, there was two or three fouls on both sides. I thought I thought he pushed off, and I thought I was at Beetle. Was that who was guarding him? Yes. Yeah, I thought he fouled him. I tell you, there's two things I want to on the three. I don't the referee stuff. I hate. I think it's loser mentality. I hate talking about it, but I get it. But I do. There's two calls. One is, and this one Hall got the call, but I hate it. When you back down and, like, the second bump, you flop and go to the floor, that should not be a foul. But when Filipowski runs over you, like, you know, he's trying to get to the goal line and you don't call anything, you have to call that. That, to me, is just – I hate both those calls. And the last one, the throwing the head back is just not a Duke thing. It's all over oh, college I know. basketball. I know. There, it's, it, it's clearly being taught, right? Yes. And it's effective, clearly. Um I don't know. I, I'm. I just was disappointed. Clemson's an experienced team, and I just thought that they lost their composure. 
And I thought, you know, Shefflin had – that was probably the worst two-minute stretch of the season for him. He got the foul call, whether it was a foul or not. But I thought those two turnovers were an absolute killer. Because um, all you got to do is, honestly, you could have held the ball to 30 seconds, threw it up on the glass twice, the game's over with anyway because you ran the clock out. You know what I mean? Um, but having said that, Clemson, I don't know what the net looks like, John, but I think I saw Clemson moved up by losing. So well, That would make you know, sense, yeah. <laughs> that checks out. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that tracks. Yeah, go to Cameron five more times, you'll be number one in the net, regardless if you win or lose. So um, I would take that. But anyway, I, the last thing I'll say, the UNC Florida State game prior to that, and I'm not exaggerating, the first half was a street fight. There was people cussing at each other, cussing at referees, elbows being thrown, people flying all over the floor, very little call. And then the second half, it was different. So I was compared to the Clemson game, which I don't know. Did Clemson, did I see this right? Clemson was called for 19 or 20 fouls and Duke like 17, 18. Is that right? Somewhere in there. Uh, let me see. It was. Uh, I thought it was fairly even from a foul perspective. Now, obviously, the 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 worst call in the last twenty years I've seen in the ACC and around the country was the technical foul. And someone should explain why that was. They should be forced to explain it in front of the, the media. That's how bad that was. Yeah, it was. Well, what if that? What if that would happen in the Final Four? Oh, well, they, the they, well I mean, it wouldn't because Star Hill Chad, this, these refs would not have been in the Final Four for this exact reason. Yeah. Could you imagine the outcry, though, if this happened in Duke Carolina versus Duke Clemson? Uh, it'd be anarchy. <laughs> That's what I mean. There, there would actually be coverage on this. And then you'd have to actually get a response oh, from the league. Was, but now that it's Duke Clemson, nah, they're not going to even think twice about it. Yeah. Anyway, um, Keep your head up. Appreciate it, man. Y'all have a good week. And uh, go go Chiefs. Thank you, Dario Hill, Chad. Thank you. Appreciate you getting in today. Uh, he he brings up a good point about the first half of that of that uh, North Carolina. That was a bar fight. State. It really was. <laughs> they got it under control in the second half, but boy, it, it was. I know. I was like, man, this is a really physical game. Like they're not calling anything. Uh, meanwhile, it, it was uh, Clemson was called for twenty fouls, and Duke was called. For 17. Well, Filipowski fouled out. I mean, you know, it's hard to foul a guy out in Cameron. So, Clemson accomplished that, which wasn't easy. You just got to wonder, should he have fouled out a little sooner than that? Plus, if he had, he wouldn't have made that ridiculous circus shot over in Shefflin, which I don't think was a foul. At first, I thought it was a foul. And then when I saw a replay, I was like, I don't think that was a foul. But great shot by Filipowski to get that thing up there. Yeah. Sort of. Just threw it up in the way up high in the air and it went in. But I'm a talented big man, no doubt. Uh, before we t- uh, take a break, I want to tell you about Dr. Ashley Lucas and her team over at PhD Weight Loss. You know, we're at the end of uh, January now, and you may have hey, your New Year's resolutions may have, let's just say, fallen apart, right? You didn't lose the weight that you set out to lose. You're not hitting the goals that you set out to, to accomplish at the beginning of this year, but that's okay. That's what Dr. Ashley Lucas and her team is there for you to do. Last year, I was able to lose 55 pounds in 20 weeks on the program. Quok lost 25 pounds in five weeks. And our own uh, Mike Vaughn's now going through it as well, just getting started. If you want to learn more, it's simple. Just head on over to myphdweightloss.com. More to come on the Press Box after this. 
Calling all coffee lovers. The Dream Center is excited to announce that they have officially launched a coffee brand. They are currently offering three different flavors, Colombian, Donut Shop, and French Vanilla. The Dream Center receives $5 from each bag of coffee sold, and trust me, they're all delicious and a great way to start your morning. Purchase yours today. It'll make a difference. Buy online at dreamcenterpc.org or in person at their easily resale store on Calhoun Memorial Highway. Honda, Acura, Lexus, and Toyota, also known as Halt and Anderson. First Class Halt, your dealership alternative since 2011, wants to be your preferred service center. With factory trained technicians, OEM parts, and top-of-the-line diagnostic equipment, we have one goal to keep you on the road. This is why we offer a three-year, 36,000-mile nationwide warranty, courtesy shuttle, and repeat rewards. Anderson, what are you waiting for? Come experience First Class Halt, your dealership alternative for Honda, Acura, Lexus, and Toyota. Do you have sagging, softer, bouncy floors in your home? Well, this could be a sign of rotten wood caused by moisture in your crawl space. Damaged wood in your crawl space can affect your home's foundation, and that can affect your home's value, and nobody wants that. Say goodbye to sagging floors and hello to a stable foundation. Contact Canty today for your free inspection at 864-641-0176 or visit CantyCanFixIt.com. Nothing says I love you like romantic, timeless jewelry. Even better when you can save an extra 20%. Right now at Diamonds Direct, all fashion favorite jewelry is 20% off. That's earrings, bracelets, pendants, bands, colored gemstone jewelry. Get 20% off Diamonds Direct's already unbeatable prices. Special financing, too. Get her something she can enjoy and appreciate for years to come. A fashion favorite from Diamonds Direct. Shop in-store or online at DiamondsDirect.com. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Clemson Nation, this is former national champion Ben Boulware. If you live in Anderson, Greenville, Clemson, or Malden, South Carolina, and you're looking for the best birthday suit in town, come get tailored at www.thejunkyardfitness.com. Come by and see us at our four locations in the upstate of South Carolina. Your first week is always free. It's a new year, but one thing remains the same. Elkmont is the upstate's destination for the best in lifestyle clothing, shoes, unique gifts, outdoor gear, and so much more. Offering great footwear from On Running, Vans, Ufos, Birkenstock, and more. Incredible selection of jewelry featuring Kendra Scott and game day and lifestyle clothing from the most popular brands like Patagonia, Viore, Filson, Free Fly, Columbia, Z Supply, Howler Brothers, and more. Shop South Carolina's largest selection of on-running shoes and enjoy great discounts on select game day and winter apparel as our winter clearance sale begins. Find the latest arrivals and fashion trends from Elkmont's Facebook and Instagram pages or shop Elkmont online at elkmonttradingcompany.com. That's E-L-K-M-O-N-T tradingcompany.com. Elkmont is conveniently located in Powdersville off of 153 and in Clemson at 93 and Highway 123. And finally... Go Tigers! This time of year is all about getting outside and enjoying the great outdoors. And nothing makes that more enjoyable than a meal right off the grill with fixings from your local Ingalls Market. From hand-cut steaks to fresh seafood and all types of meals with grilled and sautéed veggies, Ingalls has everything you need for a backyard barbecue, a day on the lake, or a trip to the beach. If you're hitting the road, be sure to use your Ingalls Advantage points to fill up and save money on gas. 
Shop your Ingalls Pharmacy aisles to save on sunscreen products and first aid. Planning a get-together or family reunion? Your Ingalls Deli Department can hook you up with custom-made platters that'll save you time and money. Need some fresh flowers to accent your home? The Ingalls Floral Department can handle that, and they also make beautiful arrangements for your loved ones. Take it from me. No matter what your family's grocery needs, you'll find it all at Ingalls. Low prices, love the savings. Craft Stove Store and Patio is here to help your home stay warm and cozy until spring with over 20 burning displays of vented and vent-free gas logs. Vent-free logs will heat for just pennies an hour and even keep you warm and cozy in the event of a power failure. Craft Stove Store and Patio even features the radiant heating vented gas logs that have a real fire look and radiant heat. Visit Craft Stove Store and Patio located on 3002 Wade Hampton Boulevard, Taylor's. Craft Stove Store and Patio. The Roar, your home for all things analytics and salary cap analysis. Why don't you explain this to me like I'm five? We are The Roar, where every day is game day. Back here live on the roar, the press box with Brad and John. Thanks for joining us. Hour one continues on six five four seven six two seven. You want to get in on the phone lines on the Adams and Co. Roofing text line uh, again. I just I don't think it was the worst officiating game I've ever seen. I've seen some doozies in this league, that's for sure. But it felt very typical. It felt very comfortable to be watching a game where it felt you, on brand it did it did feel on brand I, i'm not i'm not saying that clemson didn't get some calls their way they probably did i mean to your point in the last segment there you got filipowski to foul out in cameron yeah it's not easy to do but when the fouls occur and the how they occur in the game yeah that that can dictate and, some things and like, like we were talking about and Brad Brownell pointed out, it wasn't the officiating crew. It was one official. Yep. Now, that all being said, because I, th- I think officiating issues on the road like that are different than like talking about the actual game itself. Does that make sense, John? Like, I, I, you can, Clemson can play poorly down the stretch and make some bad decisions, and the officiating could be costly both at the same time. Those two things can exist. It's not an either-or. Absolutely. I Yes. Okay, I just want to make be clear on that. Because there are, Clemson did not play well down the stretch in the final two minutes. Yes, yeah, we can discuss the officiating, and then separately we can discuss Ian Shefflin's on you know, poorly timed turnovers as well. Yeah, back-to-back B- Both turnovers. factored into this. Uh, real quick, Brad. Another one. Oh, oh. Breaking news. Nick Eason continues to croup. Uh, Isaiah Campbell has announced his commitment to the Clemson Tigers, four-star defensive tackle from North Carolina. There you go. The big defensive lineman makes it official uh, with his commitment to Clemson. It was leaning in that direction. We thought it was going to probably go there. We've been kind of monitoring this thing all all morning. That being said, uh, a big get for the for the Tigers, John? A massive get. Um, you continue what we talk about all the time. That's how you're going to win football games. That's how you're going to get back to the level you want to get to is through elite lines of scrimmage play. And Nick Eason just continues to dominate in the recruiting space. He's been really good at this. The top 100 player 
uh, to pair with Amari Adams, the in-state pledge, the other four-star who they got a month or so ago. And, I mean, you just go look at this defensive tackle room. Now moving forward, it's continuing to be just stock full of elite talent. Yeah, the uh, from South Durham, uh, from North Carolina, the the big defensive tackle. Uh, he had a bunch of offers. Um, North Carolina was in heavy on him. Uh, what Ohio State? Yeah, the Buckeyes had, definitely wanted him. Alabama. He had thirty two offers. East Carolina. How'd you hold off East Carolina, Clemson fans? Man, that's tough to do. It's tough to do. Somebody offered him a barbecue deal, and he he thought about it. I'm sure. Um, Miami, LSU. Oklahoma, Penn State, Tennessee. These are offensive line teams, John. These are schools that get a lot defensive of Defensive line teams, yeah. I mean, uh, I'm sorry. De- these are a lot of defensive line teams. They get really good D-linemen. You think Ohio State, you think Penn State. I, Larry Johnson's one Alabama. of the best defensive line recruiters in this game for the last, what, close to 20 years? Yeah. Yeah. Florida State does pretty good recruiting defensive fronts. They do. Absolutely. They were on the list. East Carolina. Just, <laughs> I, it's all blue bloods of the sport, Brad. He feed a barbecue. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but in, in all seriousness, uh, this is a very good good get for Clemson. It continues the momentum that they've got rolling. It only happens, you know, it's just times of the year you get the you get the momentum going in your direction. I think they've done that with another another uh prospect here from the on the defensive line. You get the defensive line to keep in the offensive line built and everything else always falls. So it just kind of finds a way to fall into place. Good. It's also amazing how when you do start landing big guys along the lines of scrimmage on both sides of the ball, how many linebackers, corners, and safeties want to go play with those linemen and how many skilled guys want to go be featured in an offense with a lead offensive line. That's very true. They they attract more and more. And so Clemson gets some more – keeps the momentum going, gets another uh, another big pickup. Had two offensive linemen over the weekend, now a defensive lineman – to pair with Watford, who committed what Thursday? I think Thursday or Friday, was. yeah, at the end of last week. Uh, that that was a big one, and so now Clemson will move up those rankings. I gave you I gave you the number earlier, John. They were third in the. I, I don't know if you can move up from that, but <laughs> third in the in the team rankings. That this will give them their ninth four star of this class already, and it's only January twenty ninth. Yeah, only one team has more four star or has has that many four star commitments right now. Who's that? Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Okay. They're number one right now in the twenty twenty five rankings. Long way to go. I'm not, <laughs> I, the last thing I care about. We is, haven't even finished the technically the twenty four class because they're still right. in the signing period next month. Yeah, the last thing I care is trying to project, you know, between now and, and then what it's gonna be. But as of right this minute, it just shows you the the momentum that Clemson has built and the uh, the kind of players they're getting on the circuit for 2025. It's shaping up to be a really good class. You, yeah. you, you were nine and a half. Has this pushed you to a 10, or are you already counting Campbell? I was kind of counting him in there. Like you, he, He's already built into the line. Yeah, he was built into the line. <laughs> exactly. It's a great way of putting it. Oh, man. Uh, so, something like that, yeah. So I think that that's, uh, I think that's fair to say. Six five four Roar, you want to get in with us. A lot of people are still upset over the, the Clemson Duke game. How, on a scale of one to ten, how upset were you? Oh, twelve. Twelve. I was furious. <laughs> I'm still mad about it. Still mad about it, yeah. man. Uh, I mean I've you know 
able to pick up the pieces and go on through life or whatever. I but, hope yeah. so. I hope so. But I hope I'm st- it yeah. It didn't ruin your weekend. No, it didn't ruin my weekend, but it, I guess I'm just tired of the... We've seen this movie before, Cameron, right? We're just It's, it's too familiar. Yeah. It's too familiar. Uh, the reasons notwithstanding, but the outcome is just feels like it just should not have happened this many times. I mean, Clemson hasn't won there since 95. Rick 95. Barnes' first year. Five. And so, and, and Brownell said he's had four of these, he feels like, in his career, where he felt like he was within a possession. I remember a year, I, I was there for one of them. I, I recall it. Uh, I can't remember the exact year that it was. Uh, was that six, 16, 17, so, something like that? I felt like Clemson had a chance uh, with one of those, you know, loaded, you know, uh, Marquise Reed teams that they had, um, Thomas and those guys. I, I felt like they had a, a game there that they should have won. And it just feels like whether it's themselves or something that, you know, an external factor, uh, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. It just feels like Clemson can't win in Cameron. Like it just isn't going to happen. It doesn't. It's not quite like the North Carolina thing, but it just feels like there's something that's going to go against them in some way, shape, or form. Many of those those, you know, do, uh, Dean Dome years were just North Carolina was a thousand times better. You know, Clemson had very few opportunities to win there, and they finally did back in 2020. But it just felt like there were just so many years there just wasn't even a chance. That's not it's not been the case at Durham. They've had opportunities. And this was not the best I, I don't think Duke is that much better than Clemson. I, I just don't. I from a talent standpoint, I still don't know that they're even that much better. But from a from a basketball standpoint, just watching the teams play, Clemson's defense was really good, John. They they had their bounce back defensive game. You kind of been waiting for them to play like they had, and I think they have a little bit the last couple games. It just felt like they were going to to win this one until they had the lead <laughs> four minutes ago, and then you're like, "Can they? Will they?" And I and I think there's there's a lot of things to blame. It, it isn't just officiating, and, and nobody on this show is blaming officiating. Oh as, no, as I, the sole reasons that Clemson lost this game. Now, am I incredibly frustrated by it? Yes. Am I upset by it? Yes, but that is not the sole reason why Clemson lost this game. You can't turn the ball over back-to-back times if you're in Shefflin. Exactly. And then and then give up an and-one to Filipowski. You know, you, yeah. you, just, you just can't do that. Uh, but both things can be true. You have to get the ball into P.J. Hall there. You've got to have a basket. It's late in the game. You need to squash this this Duke run. You, you, you don't throw a bounce pass in there, and it turns into a turnover. You know, they're, they're, they had opportunities. Maybe the timeouts weren't managed exactly perfectly. There's a lot of hindsight stuff, but Clemson, Clemson should have won the game, whether you want to talk about officiating or what they did themselves. The Tigers should have won this one. I think that's what really stings. Let's go to Jason in Columbia. He's up next. Hey, Jason. Hey, guys. Uh, good morning. Yeah, I, I definitely, I mean, the officiating was awful. I'll get to that in a second, but, you know, I agree with you 100%. I, I'm not letting the coaching staff or the players off the hook that meltdown in the final two minutes, those offensive possessions, that was horrible. And I'm sorry, but that's something that we've seen from Brad Brownell teams. I mean, we've seen the long-scoring droughts. We've seen out-of-bounds plays at the end of games where it's just like, what was that? And I'm sorry, you got to, like you said, manage your timeouts better. Hey, hey, coach, like, what are you seeing out on the floor? Your team is melting down. Ian Shefflin is melting down. Call a timeout. 
get people calmed down and figure out a way to get the ball to either Gerard uh, or obviously PJ Hall would be the first option. Uh, they did it on the very final possession, thank God. Um, but let me address one thing with the officiating. I just had to laugh. Now, I had to listen to the Tar Heel Chad guy call in and say that he doesn't like to talk about officiating <laughs> because that's loser mentality. Did I hear that right? Yeah, it's, hey, Chad, it's a little yeah. rich. Yeah. I care about as much. I care about as much of a, your opinion as a North Carolina basketball fan as I do John Shire talking in the post game. Okay, that's exactly the kind of tobacco road crap that we need to get out of this conference. Yeah, I guess the North Carolina fan in the Dean Dome doesn't notice anything funny with officiating after 50 years of getting called. Wow, what a shock. You know, I mean, it's just so egregious. You know, here's one thing, and I realize we actually lost to Duke in football this year, <laughs> but normally, like, when Clemson plays North Carolina and Duke in football, we just whoop them up and down the field because we got better teams. We don't get an extra 10 to 14 points from the officials every time we take the field in football. That's not how it works. But when you go to play at the Dean Dome or you go to play in Cameron, you guys have said it, Walt said it, you better be 10 to 12 points straight up better than those teams because the officials are going to make up the difference. So I just had to – I mean, come on, dude. I know he's a big fan of the station and calls into the shows, but get out of here with that crap. He, the North Carolina basketball fan doesn't want to hear officiating talk. Okay, bud. I'm sorry, guys. It was the wrong morning to hear that crap. We got screwed, plain and simple. Uh, Seth Greenberg said it. Uh, Jay Williams agreed with him. And, yeah, you got to do what you have to do with the ball better at the end of the game. But the rest gave that game to Duke. How about Filipowski coming off the top turnbuckle like Randy Savage dropping Joe Girard face down under the basket. He should have fouled out way before he had that and one. And then, of course, the elbow to P.J.'s face. How dare P.J. Hall foul Filipowski's elbow with his face like that? What a joke. We got Anyway, run, guys, I'm enjoying the show. Thanks for letting me vent. Thanks for getting in. No, that's what we're here for. I'll say this. I don't I don't think this is on the coaching staff. I mean, Again, could you have – does those weren't egregious errors by the staff that led to a loss? Well, Hind- that's just hindsight, yeah. right? That's why I said, I said hindsight. You could use a timeout in a, in a different way, maybe. But I, I don't think the staff lost this game. Six five four roar. You want to get in on the phone lines on the Adams and Coping text line? You got plenty to vent about. We'll get to uh, more of that on the other side when kickoff hour number two after this. WCCP FM 105.5, Clemson, Greenville Anderson, WAHT 